Welcome to Everywhere and Nowhere, a Sheffield Wednesday podcast brought to you by The Star, with Joe Cran, Alex Miller and your host, Chris Holt. It had been a good week, all things considered. A big win on the road against a relegation rival brought some much-needed cheer. But then comes the possibility of a large amount of goodwill being with the news that a player with, to put it very mildly, far too much baggage, had shown up at Middlewood and was training with Wednesday. To discuss that and look ahead to Saturday's match against Bristol City, this is Everywhere and Nowhere. I'm Chris Holt, as you heard in the introduction with me as usual, Joe Cram. Joe, how are we? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I, you know what? I really like that theme music that you've managed to dig out for this. I'm a big fan. Royalty-free special, though. <laughs> no, no need to spend any money. Uh, and also, snigger in there at that, Alex Miller, who's also with us as usual. How are you, Alex? Uh, yeah, living the dream. One hour at a time, as uh, as per usual. It's all good. Um, yeah, weekend was fun. We will start with that. There was a bit of there was a bit of noise there, and I'm I'm really wary after last week's shambles that that <laughs> everything's just going to come crashing down again, like like last time. Um, we will start off with that. Joe took a weekend off to go to um, Yorkshire's finest, yeah, Yorkshire's finest, uh, the, the Yorkshire Riviera, should you call it. Um, Joe was away. Alex, you were sent to the capital on your own to look after things, and uh, you were treated to a hard-fought, well-deserved, professional professional win, be the best way of calling it, best way of describing it. Uh, yeah, I'd throw a few more superlatives in there. I think um, I, I tweeted, you're always sort of wary straight after a, a win as important as that, probably not to stumble into hyperbole, but um, it's one of the, the better away wins that I've seen covering the club um just in in terms of the context of of how important it was to get to get the three points um it's a stinking stadium to go to as a as an away team as we know the the reputation you mean that you mean that figuratively and or is it actually dirty no 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 it's, it's perfectly perfectly of regular cleanliness um but it, yeah the, i mean the um the atmosphere to begin with I, th- I think i've only covered games there in in covid previously so it was my first sort of taste of a, a millwall atmosphere but the the whistling sort of wall shout that they do for the for as long as they can they can muster to begin with and it, it felt like you you'd imagine sort of like an eastern european atmosphere and um, and Wednesday, obviously, managed to shut them up on on the half hour. Um, two moments of magic, and they were magic. You know, um, Anthony Masaba's had his ups and downs, but to to create that first goal and then his finish for, for the second, you know, following on from from one of those Barry Bannon slip through passes that that we know and love so well. Um, and they were yeah, clinical. I think three shots on target in the match. I think, and and two of them were goals and. To go in at half time, and then the atmosphere turned hugely. Uh, it was one of the angriest stadiums I've ever I've ever been in. As, as a Wednesday reporter, that's probably saying a little something. Um, 
and Wednesday held firm and, and Millwall threw everything out of them. They had a system change. They were changing up personnel fairly regularly. Um, and yeah, the, the, the blocks and a couple of good saves from, from James Beadle. Um, and yeah, to come away with a clean sheet from, from that was, was mightily impressive and uh, completely changes the complexion of the survival race. Not only for Wednesday, obviously, Millwall have gone on to sack Joe Edwards and have brought in Neil Harris, which for me is a it's a move designed to to pull the club together because we know his his history there, and uh, so it changes the complexion of, of where they're at, and it seems to be happening every week now that that something's changing down there. Um, but they, when... they, sorry, they I don't think they realised actually. It kind of felt like they were sleeping sleepwalking. I know that has become a little bit of a cliche, but. It, it really did feel like they were, they were sleepwalking in the relegation and without even realizing that's it and i think i think the result really it really was that jolt because there, there wasn't much talk certainly that i'd seen and uh, speaking to a couple of the guys down there there wasn't much talk before the wednesday result about edwards getting the boot um and then obviously and they they'd been really good against wednesday at hillsborough which was like yeah yeah he started, started really well I think it's that whether it's panic or whether it's whether it's pragmatism. You know, there's a lot of talk about um, Edwards wanting to change the style of play, and I think it's fair to say that a, a section of the Millwall support were a, a little bit um, wary of that. You know, it's not it's not the identity maybe that you, um, you you sort of jumps to mind when when you think of the the successful Millwall teams in the past. And uh, look. Seven, one point in in seven games, and you look at the league table, and, and yeah, you can you can understand why why the decision has been made. But the um, juxtaposition, if that's not too fancy a word to to use on on this medium, um, between obviously Danny Rowell and, and Joe Edwards, who have similar-ish backgrounds in terms of working at big clubs under um, big name managers and. You know, one appears to be going pretty well. We've seen the league table since Danny came in, and the other one clearly hasn't. And I think when you haven't got that reputation, um, it, it is that bit easier for for owners to to make snap decisions like that. He doesn't have he doesn't have any, a great he doesn't have a body of work to fall back on, does he? That's that's where your issue is. That's it. That's it. And if it's someone, you know, these these managers that have been bouncing around the championship, and maybe we've got a survival success on on the cv and that sort of thing um but we've seen it with so many you know huddersfield have changed the manager recently it's just um it's a bit crazy i think joe you you tweeted out um some stat that is danny in the top half of the the longest range i think he's the 14th longest serving manager in the championship now (laughs) just barmy four months we've we've barely barely met the bloke and it's um, it's interesting isn't it that there's a much bigger panic about, and, and certainly at this stage, uh, I'm not, um, I'm not saying it's like this all the time. There's a much bigger panic at the bottom end of the championship about potentially going down than there is in the in the Premier League. You know the teams that are down and facing relegation. I know Crystal Palace changed their manager for, for arguably different reasons. It feel, it feels with the prem that that it's it almost feels like a bit of a foregone conclusion for for the teams down there. So they're they're, they're happy to, uh, I, I suppose, almost brace themselves. If, if you know what I mean, like they 
you look at like a Burnley, for instance, and they they weren't expected to do as badly as they were, but they weren't expected to be flying in, in the Premier League. So like with, with Vincent Company there, I think he's got a bit of credit in the bank. Uh, obviously, Wilder's got his whole United history that he's had. So yeah, it does kind of feel like the teams in the Premier League that are looking at going down are not happy to go down, but are a little bit more um, prepared for it. Uh, you, you look at Rotherham and, and Rotherham's situation, it's like they they feel like they're sort of was at peace with the fact that they're going down as well. I think it's a compliment to Wednesday because you know you'd look at it and you went off, oh, you know, four points off. You know, in in that situation, you, you're starting to think whether it's you know Rotherham are where they are and whether there's two places or one places that the other team, other teams down there need to worry about. Um, and I think you know other clubs are probably looking at at the record since Danny has come in and and with Wednesday having built up a, a momentum again. Very impressively, um, you know, you, you look at it and you go, "It's quite possible there are two places that that the teams above could jump into." Um, Jill, although you weren't there last week, you can still comment on um, some of the personnel. I must admit, when um, Ike Ogbo was signed, that I wasn't overly, overly impressed. wasn't overly Excited about the prospect of it. He appeared to be a forward being brought in who hasn't scored an awful lot of goals. Um, and goals were exactly what Sheffield Wednesday needed. Um, but over the past few games, he's been excellent and has scored already a lot more than I thought he was going to score. Um, that is probably a testament to Danny Rowe. Um, but, of course, the player himself for digging himself into a bit of form when he hasn't exactly been ripping up any trees or elsewhere. Yeah, so sometimes it just works for players and, and people, doesn't it? You know, sometimes a manager and a player just seems to work. But to be fair to, to EK, like, after his first game, we were talking about, weren't we, Alex? Like, first game in, it was like, he looks really bright, he looks really up for this. And whether that is, you know, things weren't playing to his strengths at Cardiff, whether it was personnel wasn't right for him whether he's decided like this is a big opportunity now i need to i need to make sure i take it for whatever reason it's been he's looked bright in practically every game he's played uh, and you know a couple, a couple of sort of sighters early doors he at the post with a couple of really good efforts um it, it, the thing that i really like about him is his positioning he, he, he's he's so often in the right place um, and the, the goal that he scored um against Millwall was was it was all that you know it wasn't like a difficult finish or anything he just made sure he was where the ball was going to be and yeah i think there's i think there's a, quite a few more goals to come from uk um touchwood um, i don't want to be the reason he goes in a goal drought now but yeah i i, I say I, I liked him from from the first time that he played in, in, a, in a wednesday shirt i, I thought he um, he looked like he, he fit the bill of what danny was wanting and yeah he's not really looked back um a lot of people will say that the the key to dragging yourself away is to have a little bit of a run. Doesn't have to be a length. Doesn't have to be ten games. Doesn't have to be seven games. But to have even three or four, can you see that in Wednesday? Or um, is it the case of digging in and just grabbing as many points as you possibly can as you go along? 
I, th- I think I think the latter, um, just because of the the nature of the championship and some of the teams in it. Like you look at the the next run of games, and you can go that you could get a little sort of mini unbeaten run going, but then you have got teams like Leeds on the horizon who are absolutely flying. So you um, to put like a, a a long, well, not even a long run together, a, a winning streak together is is tough. I'm not saying they can't do it, but I think with Wednesday, it's more it's more going to be about. I think their biggest challenge is to not get disheartened by the defeats, um, which is which they've shown that they can do after the Leicester game. You know, for many, it was a, a bit of a free hit. They expected to lose to Leicester. It was what happened after Leicester that was going to be the the signal, I think. And to, to go on and do what they did is exactly the sort of response you want. So if Wednesday can kick on now in the next two or three games, and then you, you just kind of, you build that little bit of momentum. You may maybe get a couple of results where that you're not expected to get one. And and then if you can do that, then you've got a chance. And the, the crazy thing with down there is like it's only a few weeks back that we were talking about it being, you know, three from four. It's definitely only, you know, four teams that can go down. All of a sudden it's opened up massively. Me and Alex were talking about it in a week. Like you, you look at the teams above them and it only takes a, a bad two or three game run and all of a sudden you suck right back into it. Alex, is it looking at the fixtures? Um, which you may have seen me fiddling around with a notepad on, which I actually have written down. Um, there is a potential to, to go on what I, what I said there, to, to kind of string a few a few wins, or certainly, if not a few wins, certainly avoid defeat for a, for a few weeks. Is that They've got Bristol City this week. Bristol City a good team, but they're at home. So you're at Wednesday at home, so you're, you're looking at that and going, Potential for a win, certainly you'll, be, you'll be, at least be looking at a point. Then you've got Rotherham, which is a huge match. Uh, Plymouth, again, again, not where you would think it would nail down. There's potential to pick up at least a point there. And then, of course, you've got Leeds, which, you know, it's going to be really difficult with the form that they're in. Um, I've just given you my view there. Um, <laughs> what, what I meant to do was ask you: Do it, it? It does feel like there's an opportunity here to just put a lot of points on the board, on a fair amount of points on the board. Yeah, I think so. And Danny, sort of unprompted, said something around the same, similar lines um, in this afternoon's press conference. Um, I think you'd be daft not to look at it that way. You know, in the position that Wednesday are, four points, the goal difference as well. Being what it is, you know the the need to win the winnable games, um, and yeah, I don't, I don't think there's there's too much dancing around it. I think these next three are are enormous. The the Rotherham one for a lot of teams you'd look at as a banker, but it'll be a derby day, and you know from from everything Rotherham are improving as well a lot under under Liam Richardson, um, and yeah, you can just see that being a day where. The the Millers as like a, an entity would look at it going, look, we've had a miserable few months, but let's take something out of this season and a win over Wednesday to to put a big dent in their survival hopes would certainly be that. Um, but yeah, Bristol City are a funny team. You know, they've had some really good results in uh, in the last few weeks and then they've had a couple of stinkers in there as well. Um, and yeah, again, Plymouth, uh, uh, Plymouth, I think Wednesday have had... Reasonable success, I think, against them at home. Um, obviously, they've got a new manager and uh, 
you know, a turnover of players and all the rest of it. So, um, in answer to your question, yes, the next three weeks are pretty, pretty important. I, I think the next three ne- next three games probably decide when is this season. Uh, maybe not decide if they can stay up, but I think bad results will probably decide if they go down. Interesting. Uh, coming away from matters uh, on the pitch, uh, we were somewhat surprised this week to find that um, an unfamiliar face was at training with Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, Nicole Schultz, if I can possibly say that right, uh, has been at the club. Danny Rowe is adamant, spoke to us today, spoke to you today, I should say, um, and explained that he is training. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, um, there is an upcoming trial around Nicole Schultz, who has been um, accused of, in the past, has been accused of domestic abuse by an ex-girlfriend. Um, and there's also there's a trial upcoming around a... Um, Actually, forgotten what it's for, but it's essentially um, aggravated assault. I think something. Yeah, I think, um, I think it was GBH. GBH. So, um, yes. Um, given the popularity of Danny Royal, um, against a backdrop of results not being incredible, they've been they've been good and they've been obviously much better since he came in. Um, but his popularity has never waned, despite kind of the up and down nature of results are we worried that this may be a a fly in the ointment in that respect um which which could kind of see his popularity wane a little bit certainly from some a lot of a lot of sections of the fan base i mean it should be from most or if not all of the fan base but um yeah, I'm interested to get your view on this. It, it's been um, it's been pretty much as you'd expect, hasn't it, Alex? You know, the, there's a, a, a chunk of people saying innocent until proven guilty. Um, he's not done anything wrong in the eyes of the law yet, so that's where it's at. And there's a lot of people who are, you know, looking at what has happened and what he is accused of and just saying, you know, we don't want that kind of person around the football club. Uh, I think it's... It's obviously the the situation. What he's what he has been accused of is is horrendous. Um, the, the, you can find the details online about some of the things that have been said about what um what yeah what what he's been accused of. And I think look, I can imagine the club are, are very unhappy that it got out. Um, the fact that he was there, it's not like they've announced it, it was uh, you know a video a video got out and yeah I can't imagine that's gone gone down well at all. Um, and and Danny was saying today that uh, he basically he, Danny's take on it was I, he doesn't doesn't see the relevance really of talking about the personal side of things because he's not actually a Sheffield Wednesday player. Um, I think you know you can you can argue the sides of that argument, but it's just especially with the, with the backdrop of what's happened at Wednesday recently with the racism um, things that have happened. Uh, it's, it's not it's not a particularly good look, is it? Alex, they, I mean, Danny can say that. He say, you know, he's not our player, he's just training with us, it doesn't really matter, we don't have to go into any details. The last time a, 
I heard the last. I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, Sheffield Wednesday aren't some kind of community outreach program for uh, footballers here um, who have been ostracised for various reasons. So the fact that Danny has actually brought him to the club says something about him and and what he feels about this kind of this kind of player and I know I'm dancing around a lot of stuff here but we're being very careful for 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 very obvious reasons um essentially what I'm saying is Danny is prepared to associate himself with him regardless you know as we say innocent until proven guilty uh, but it is a baggage that they could do without really isn't it Yes, I think so. Look, he, he's he's clearly a good footballer. He was playing for Germany not long ago and, and Borussia Dortmund, and um, so it, I don't know. It shows uh, how keen the football club or Danny or how keen they are to get a left back in the door. And it's something that he, he spoke to before. That you know the fact that they're even considering this with the baggage. Um, it, it's it's something Wednesday could you, you'd look at it and just. They could do without, you know, with everything that's happened this season. It, it's fascinating to me that a, a football club where the chairman has spoken about the club losing out on on huge sponsorship deals because of negativity from fans on social media, um, and then you know welcome a player with this this baggage um, on trial and um, like you say, it is it is innocent until proven guilty, but it just feels like something that Wednesday could have, could have done without. Um, it would be easy for, I think, if, if we, if this was Danny Rose's mate, right, if, if I was a manager, my mate had got into trouble, obviously I'm going to be, I'd, I'd be annoyed and disgusted by the alleged, you know, the, the allegations that were made, but part of you will still think, Look, it's my mate, and just don't want him falling down, and I'm worried about his mental health. All these, all these kinds of things. However, this is a player who plays in a position that Sheffield Wednesday are trying to are trying to fill. So it's not just they're not going. We're just helping him out here, are they? they this is a player that Danny Rowe wants and and feels he needs. He he was clear in today that he was there as a guest. That, that, that was the word he used, wasn't it, Alex? He was, he was a, a, a training guest, which I've never actually heard um, that phrase before. Uh, so, yeah, uh, whether whether they um, whether there are intentions to try and do something with him, I, I don't actually know. Um, but it, like it you does, it would be a bit, it's a big kind of... I, I think if, if they weren't... It would it would have been very easy if you'd done it to just say, look, he's just training with us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and the fact he's a left-back as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's he, he, the, the fact he is a left back. Sheffield Wednesday need a left back. If if they weren't thinking of signing him, Danny could say that I've known him for a while. There are yeah. a few difficult, you know. There's difficult. He's got difficulties in his personal life. We're just trying to give him a new, a, new, a bit of scene, a change of scenery, just to kind of help him out. That that's all you would say, really. And I know that Danny would is speaking to us generally in his second language. Well, he's a clever man, and um, he should know better, really. 
Um, well, I, I, what I will say is I think that the club and Danny will be looking at the reaction. I, I don't think they will be blind to the way that people have responded to it. So, um, yeah, it, that is certainly going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, the concerning thing is, and I don't mean just I don't mean Jeffrey Wednesday fans and this football fans generally. Um, Morals tend to go out the window with the prospect of a good footballer putting on a shirt, regardless of what he is alleged to have done in the past or not, of course. Uh, we will keep a close eye on that and come to the start of Pro UK for developments as we get them. Um, back to the football and players who are at the club. Uh, Bristol City this weekend, uh, we talked about the run generally um and once ahead joe is actually not going to be there again this week it's two weeks in a row um, I'm, I'm i'm pulling i'm pulling a miller for a couple of weeks <laughs> yeah when are you off again alex uh, uh, <laughs> so four four matches in the row the star will have one person at the ground i've mm. uh yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> um we will start with you then. Well, actually, we'll start with you. We'll let you. We'll, we'll let you kind of give your say your piece, and then you can go off. Well, you go to Belfast, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, Dublin and Belfast. Um, doing. You're not going to Dublin. You're going to Dublin. Spend all your money. You have nothing left when you go to Belfast because it's too dear. <laughs> with the best, the best thing is so it's just a couple of us going. Uh, so three of us going. And I got a message this morning of a friend of mine who has literally mapped out a pub route. That we're not doing anything else. He's just gone right. I've I've done my research. These are all the pubs we're doing, so we can do these on that day, these on that day, because we're all in close proximity to each other. So that that is the plan for three days. Good. Bristol uh, City. There, I haven't seen much of them. I've seen them in their. Um, in the FA Cup run that they had. Um, I'd seen a couple of other games. They're, I was going to say flaky. They're not flaky at all. They're slightly inconsistent, probably more inconsistent than they would they would like to be. But on their day, they are a very strong outfit. People probably still fancy their chances of sneaking into the top six. Yeah, they're, they're, I think you can say they're consistently inconsistent. Um, they've and they have been for quite a number of years. It, it must be very frustrating yeah. being a Bristol City fan because you're more often than not hovering around somewhere like between 7th and 11th or something like that. Just they, feel a bit, they feel a bit pressed to North Endy now, don't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, obviously they, they got a couple of good results recently, beating... Um, beating Middlesbrough away, I think it was, um, and then obviously getting an incredible result against Southampton, who were have been brilliant, uh, and then losing to QPR. But that just seems to be what they what they do this season. Um, you know, they ran leads close. Uh, they're, they're one of those teams where they they don't seem to have any sort of run either way. Like they don't seem to have a, a run when they lose a load of games, and they don't seem to have one when they win a load either. They just bob along. Um, but they've got some good players there. They've got some good players at Bristol City. So um, th- there's a there's always something to be to be wary about with them. Um, but I, just just looking at a league table now and, and where they're at, they are they're ten points off sixth. So 
it's it's feasible, but it's also pro I wouldn't say it's probable. Yeah, they, they, pro they probably they probably won't, but they'll they'll still they'll still fancy the chances. You would like to think yeah. so anyway. Get otherwise, you may, you're obviously just wrapping up the season now. Yeah. They're obviously well, cracking on. Yeah, what what I was going to say is I think it probably means more to Wednesday at home, especially. I think Wednesday will they they need a result here more than Bristol City probably do. Um. And look, if if Wednesday's confidence can't be high going into this one after what they did at Millwall, then you know we got no chance. Alex, um, any changes expected personnel-wise? Anybody coming back or going? Going to be out for a bit, or how far on are we with uh, those players who have been out for a few weeks? Yeah, it was a flurry of updates, Joe, wasn't there at the start? Such is the number of injuries that that Wednesday've got. I think Cam Dawson's back in training. Whether this week will come too soon um, to, let's face it, probably feature on the bench, um, we will see. Um, Dominic Orfer is edging close, so that's another one that's a little bit touch and go. I think Danny had spoken about maybe playing some under-21s games before he was thrown back into the cut and thrust. Um, too early for Josh Windass and Akin for Maywo. But covered everything there, Joe. There's the, the yeah, longer term so. ones, isn't there? Yeah, he, um, he obviously there was there was passing comment on on like Quen Delgado and Callum Patterson, who've yeah. obviously been out for a long time, and it sounds like they're still going to be out for a little bit. Um, yeah. In Delgado's case, potentially the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, so essentially we're looking at much of the um, much of the squad as last week then. Yeah, in terms of personnel, it'd be interesting to see if he sets up differently because obviously there was the switch to five of the back at Millwall off the back of the, the Leicester game. Um, but those games are away from home. Um, and, and knowing how front footy wants to be and has spoken about being at, at Hillsborough, you know, whether getting that extra attacking player on the pitch, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they if they switch back to a four and you know potentially for the rest of the season there's you know the home setup and the away setup and, and how they go about it. So um, yeah, the honest answer is I have no idea that could they could set up either way. Um, but yeah, in terms of personnel, I think it'd be quite close. And without the midweek game, it, it the concerns over that sort of thing I think are, are slightly less. There's a nice little run now where Wednesday and and all the other teams, of course, can can sort of take a a little bit more of a breath between matches and um, yeah into the. The whirlwind that will be the end of the season. That's great. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Joe. And uh, that's us for this week on Everywhere and Nowhere. We'll be back again next week where Joe uh, can fill me in um, on everything's been happening in Belfast while I've been away. And uh, Alex will get ready to head off to, uh, I presume somebody's getting married. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, join us again next week. We'll we'll all be here, and uh, we will be here uh, just ahead of the big, huge South Yorkshire Derby against Rotherham next weekend. Uh, stick with the star uk forward slash football for all the latest on Sheffield Wednesday and everything else that's happening around the Championship and beyond. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again once again. Thanks again once again, Joe and Alex. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.